You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, kids. Welcome in. It's time for another edition of Scatter Shooting. I'm your friendly, congenial host, Randy Renner. And I'm Jeremy Griffin. This is the show, of course, where we talk about anything and everything worldly and not of this world. Yes. And, uh, of course, that's always some of my favorite uh, stuff. And there's a lot of uh, out of this world uh, shenanigans going on, especially uh, politically. And uh, then just, you know, various other things. I, You know, one, one thing that I found <laughs> really <laughs> just kind of amazing. Well, actually, there's several things that have gone on already this week. But this one is kind of close to home because it involves um, some uh, shenanigans going on in the state of Texas. Are you I'm talking a, about I'm the... I'm a native Texan, by the way. I was born in... Really? Wichita Falls. Oh, no, I knew that. I yes, knew that. because my, my mom was... She was a little shaky on the hospital there in Warica. And uh, so we went over to <clears throat> to uh, Wichita Falls. Are you talking about the... The Texas Democratic Exodus. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because, uh, you know, the Texas legislature is working on uh, new uh, election laws mm-hmm. that uh, are, according to the left, racist and, you know, various <laughs> other horrific things. Worse since Jim Crow. Oh, and yeah. uh, when in reality, uh, <laughs> Joe Biden's home state of Delaware has much yes, more strict uh, voting regulations than even the new laws are being proposed right. in the great state of uh, Tejas. Well, it's all about framing, right? <laughs> it is. Yes, it's all about framing. And, you know, the, the funny thing, the funny thing was, you know, and for anybody who's not aware of, of, of what's going on in uh, Texas, even though the city of Austin has become incredibly liberal, mm-hmm. almost so liberal that it, that Texans can't even believe what's I, I happening would, down Yeah, there. I would call it left versus liberal because even liberals are kind of nauseated. Yes. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, some of them, yes, yeah. some of them are. But the the Texas legislature is uh, Republican. Right. And Republicans have a, they have a super majority in the Senate. So the Senate has continued to work because the Democrats can't do anything about it. But there are more Democrats in the House, or at least enough to where if, if no Democrats show up, they, they can't they have, have a quorum. quorum. They don't have yeah. a quorum. And so they can't uh, move along. And so they're trying to pass a new voter legislation. The Senate has already passed it, mm-hmm. but the House has not. And about 50 Democrats from the State House in Texas have, have left and flown to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. uh, where they're being sheltered by lunatic uh, lefties in Washington, D.C. And the, the funny their, thing... Their was, exodus, by the way, was on private jets. Well, that's what I was going to say. Okay, yeah, the go ahead. The funny thing, because, you know, they one of, them, one of them tweeted out that they're making a huge sacrifice. Yeah. They've been forced to leave their families and their homes and... Texas, and they're just being abused terribly. Yeah, they are. And they, you know, social media can be a fun thing at yeah. times. You remember that time we were forced to hang out at the resort for four weeks? Uh, no, I don't remember I don't that. either, but, but man, it would suck, huh? And here they are on a on a couple of private jets, mm-hmm. not uh, 
you know, like Gulfstream fives or whatever, but apparently airliner type, uh, you know, that yeah. they, because it's a big of uh, the pictures I saw. They're big. You know, it's yeah. kind of like what uh, OU and OSU yeah. charter like for uh, basketball, uh, for their basketball team, baseball team, yeah. you know, uh, whatever. And here they are, they're on a private charter jet. And uh, you see in the picture, a couple of cases of beer. It was Miller Lite, though I will say that. Oh, I'm well, more of a Shiner guy I was going to say, if you're coming from Texas, why aren't they representing Shiner? I know. I Probably Miller, I'm sure there's By the way, I had, in, a, uh, Texas, I had a, brand, a version of Shiner uh, yesterday. What kind? It was Shiner, um, sea salt, and lime. Really? How was that? It was fantastic. Really? I've not had that it one. It was on yet. draft. I've had draft. a couple of other. You know, the, the really beers good. have, you know, they've gone to a lot of the... Like, you know, we had at your birthday party, we had a line in Kugels, which is from Wisconsin. Right. There's Summer Shandy, which is mm-hmm. really good. But Shiner has something. But anyway, you know, they're, they're talking about the huge sacrifice they're making. <laughs> yeah. They're flying to Washington, D.C. on a private jet with cases of beer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, and then they're tweeting out and we're hearing some of the Democrats up there talk about comparing them to the uh, marches led by Martin Luther King over the Pettus Bridge right. in Selma, uh, Selma, Alabama, where they were being shot at. Yeah. And all like, you're on a private jet mm-hmm. flying to Washington, D.C. You're abandoning yeah. your legal responsibilities in the state of Texas. Right. Where it is illegal to do something like that. And now Governor Abbott. I really like Greg Abbott. <laughs> you probably know that. Yeah, he he has issued and the uh, and the state of Texas issued arrest warrants for these Democrat lawmakers. Now those warrants are only good within the state of Texas. Yeah, so they can't send the Texas Rangers. Right. The law enforcement, not the baseball right. team. The baseball team actually sometimes does go to Washington, D.C., but to play the Nationals, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> uh, they can't send them up to Washington, D.C. to arrest the lawmakers and bring them back to the Capitol to vote on, on this. But uh, Greg Abbott has said as, as soon as these people come back to Texas, they will be arrested and taken to the Capitol yeah. so that they can vote on this legislation. Right. The special session of the Texas legislature runs out on August 6th, which is coming up here fairly soon. Uh, and uh, they have vowed to remain in Washington, D.C. until the special session runs out. Well, Greg Abbott has said, you know what? I'm the governor. I can call as many special sessions as That's I right. want. And so when this one runs out, I'm calling another one because we're trying to get this stuff done. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what, I, it, what's it is interesting to me is amazing. the national press on it. Not surprising, but interesting uh, because the national press, um, you know, they're lauding these guys for their great sacrifice. Exactly, which actually uh, weakens the votes of the of Texans. Like it's. The and I guess in fairness that would be a matter of debate, right? Right. So we'll just leave it at that. But the bottom line is, is they're lauding these guys. 
Um, you know what the national press did in Oregon when something similar happened? You familiar with what happened in Oregon a couple years ago? Uh, you know, remind me. I will. I could be, but I may have forgotten so, about it. So I the, am old. Well, it happens. Well, and it was it wasn't as uh, it wasn't as national news as this is um, in Oregon a couple years ago. The Republican uh, caucus did the same thing. That and and you know what they were considered? They were you know the the same po- like things like the uh it was a maybe new york post or i don't know probably wasn't new york post anyway several i saw a bunch of side by sides of the the headlines oh, right and it was just like i'm sure the republicans oh, were being plastered yeah it's just another example of a double standard well you know what to be quite honest yeah uh i would have been somebody who would have Me been too. plastering those republicans because you know what it is their job Yes. Yes, I agree 100%. You know what? Hey, if you're in the... Win more elections. That's right. Win more elections. Right. Do not... You you, ha, you are there to vote right. and to write laws, see if they get passed, whatever. But your job is not to abandon ship. Right. That is not your job. And it's not an you acceptable You have been elected tactic. to represent the the district you represent yeah you're not you've not been hired by those people to run away and hide i think what you know vote i realize you you are probably thinking hey no way we're gonna win okay i got that but go up there vote the way you think you, you should vote and next election cycle work to get more of republicans democrats whatever more of your people elected Mm -hmm. but do not run away and hide so i would criticize no matter what party was involved here you're not and by the way they're still being paid their per day oh absolutely it's like 200 and something dollars a day and i realize it probably doesn't go as although austin is really (laughs) expensive yeah but it probably doesn't go as far in washington dc which is extremely expensive oh let me just tell you it goes in austin no 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 it's nonetheless you're up there yeah you know you're you've you think, abandoned you think your they're paying post. for anything do you think they're paying for anything no, in dc not. come on probably but not. but here here's the other thing there this is going to bring on a slurry of new legislation about abandoning your post it's going to and and short well, there's of a medical, already quite a bit about it. well right but if there if there is a medical emergency fine whatever but if you are not in session you just gave it up yes and you know texas law is pretty strict about i mean you know governor abbott's issued arrest warrants i mean it doesn't get much more strict than that because you know you are supposed to be when the legislature is in session you're supposed to be at the capitol building in austin doing your job yeah and you know they're up there and somebody one of their one of those guys tweeted out a photo the other yesterday i think it was talking about how and i'm just like you people are i mean how stupid do you have to be right. he tweeted out a photo talking about the sacrifices that he was making mm-hmm. how difficult his life was and he tweeted out here's a picture of my lunch as i am suffering here in washington dc yeah was it a picture of a couple pieces of bread and a slice of bologna and a glass of water no it was a shot of what looked like a really nice caesar salad 
and a Chardonnay. And whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I think it was a Miller Lite. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was Still, a... It was a, tell me they don't have it, sponsorship. It was, a, it, was a bowl, it was a bowl. Well, Miller Lite is the official beer of the Dallas Cowboys, but, <laughs> you know... Oh, God. But there's probably some of the, I, you know. But anyway, it will appear to be a really nice big Caesar salad and a and a Miller Lite. Yeah. And Wasn't I'm even like, McDonald's, right? No. And uh, so this is how this guy suffers, eats a Caesar salad and drinks a Miller Lite. There are other people who I think their definition of suffering <laughs> is a little different. A little different. <laughs> a little different. And so... I, I, you know, I, I just running away from your responsibilities yeah. is not something that you should be proud of. And, That's a, true. and yet apparently they, they are, because they've certainly been praised by, you know, the lawmakers and why, you know, some Texas congressmen, Democrat, Texas congressmen are on their side and talking about, Hey, they've done the right thing. And certainly People like Pelosi and Schumer right. and is, all is, those people are all on their side. You're doing the right thing. You're standing up. You know, and my opinion is, and I w- again, I would say this, no matter, Democrat or Republican, you are not doing the right thing. You need to be doing your right. job in Austin or in the in the Oregon with the Oregon Look, people that you need to be in in you, Salem. But you know as well as I do, if Nancy Pelosi was addressing Republicans doing the exact same thing, oh, she'd geez, be saying yes. what you're saying. There's a total double standard. They don't even care. Like we've said a billion times in this podcast, it's a double standard. A billion is hyperbole. We haven't said it a billion times, but close, but close. So, so here's the thing: is is uh, Greg Abbott at his term limit? Uh, no, no. In fact, I mean he'll. And I, I don't know, I, I'm even though I'm a native uh, Texan, I, I don't know what the, uh, what the term limit limits te- are. Or even if the Texas governor, they may even not be term limits. I don't know. Well, I just but I will I, tell you this. Yeah. You know, Matthew McConaughey, the actor, is, is uh, you know, ready to run against Greg Abbott. So I guess he still at least, you know, can run for, for re-election. Uh, re-election. Well, here's what I find interesting is Alan West is, is, is primary, trying to primary Greg Abbott. Uh, which I just find interesting. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Matthew McConaughey uh, is running he's, as a, he's a Democrat, right? Exactly. But uh, but you know I I don't know that I don't think he's extraordinarily loony. I mean he does drink wild turkey. Wait a minute, I know that for a fact. And so anybody that drinks wild turkey cannot yeah. be a total lefty lunatic. I I don't know. I I don't think he. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't I think guess. he really knows what he's into. <laughs> now, I mean, dude, this guy, I mean, if you just combine sitting on the Texas sideline with Lincoln commercials. Yeah. And I'm like, you know. Well, and I will admit, I don't right, know for right, a fact right. that he drinks wild turkey. He's in he a wild turkey it. commercial. Yeah. Well. So he could be, uh, you know. But wild turkey is has been for years until I, you know, until I started doing this podcast and we right. started the, the kind of the Test, tradition, we testing. just kind of fell into it. We did. Kind of like our intro. We never talked about the right. intro. We never talked, <laughs> right. We never, we just kind of fell into it. That we've gotten into this thing of every other week, I'll buy some sort of either bourbon or scotch. And then on the other weeks, you'll buy some mm-hmm. sort of bourbon or scotch. Just so happened this week, I bought some bourbon and uh, you bought some scotch, and we're we're taste testing uh, back and forth uh, here. That's 
Maybe yeah. I shouldn't have said that. But anyway. No, I don't care. <laughs> uh, so uh, I don't even know where I was going with this. Well, you were the, so, it you know, came off of Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. But, so let's talk about our different flavor. Let, let's just take a moment. Let's talk about, now. not just what we have today, but let's talk about what we've had. Because we are recording episode 47. Uh, we have had a lot of whiskey in those uh, right and, and there's been some duplicates for sure because our yes because we have our favorites we have our standbys yes. um so we'll talk about those first our standbys mine johnny walker black label um which you like i know you like that as far i as like goes. it but about and i've told you this before yes. that my favorite i i really like johnny walker is tremendous yeah and Johnny Walker Black, which is your favorite, I guess, yep. Johnny Walker. At least of is, Johnny Walker, yeah. Is really good. My personal favorite Johnny Walker is Johnny Walker Gold yeah. Reserve. Yeah. Which, by the way... Can I just say, it's also my favorite? I almost bought a bottle of that today. It's, it's also my favorite. I thought Johnny Walker Black no, was your favorite. It, it is when you weigh value. Okay. I prefer gold, but not by the price difference. That makes sense. Okay. So that's all. Yeah. Okay. Just just clarifying. Okay. And well, I've had on, okay. Yeah, and I've had green label and I've had blue label. I've had I've the, never had blue. Now blue is Yeah. You know, you're talking about the price of I'm, Johnny Walker gold. Well, Johnny Walker <laughs> blue yeah. is like in a yeah. whole different level from Johnny Walker right. gold. Right. So so for those who are un, uh initiated, Johnny Walker gold, a regular like we'll call it a 750 bottle uh milliliter bottle 750 milliliter yeah, yeah that is probably what 85 bucks 90 bucks well you know it depends on where you get it it's yeah. not you know at my which is byron's here in oklahoma it's not it's really not that it's bad not as much no. as that. maybe no. i'm thinking of the bigger one because the last one i bought was yeah almost you may bucks. be yeah yeah you may be thinking of the full liter the full or liter whatever yeah, the 750 Actually, the 750 is more like about 55 bucks. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. So anyway, the point is, is that um, the getting two fingers of Blue Label at a restaurant will cost you about the same amount of money as that whole bottle of gold. Yes. And um, a bottle of Blue and a bottle, I think a bottle of green, like a 750 of green is in the ballpark of 180 bucks, I think. And Blue is Blue is like over, I was going to say over $200, yeah. quite a bit over $200, yes. But and, and and here's the funny thing. So <laughs> with all of those, um, I still kind of lean towards gold. And part of it's because when you when you spend that kind of money on <laughs> on a drink, you you kind of expect you know to have wishes granted as well when you're done. Right. <laughs> so right. Yeah. It's kind of right. hard to That's match right. those expectations. Okay. So what's your uh, outside of Johnny Walker? What's been your kind of what's your go to? Well, I mean. You know, actually, as far as scotch is concerned, it would probably It'd would be, be Johnny, Johnny, Walker. Johnny Walker Gold. You know, I spent more money. I bought a Macallan, a 12-year-old Macallan, yeah. which cost me about, you know, again, this is at, I'll just go ahead, you know, at Byron's, everybody knows, people in Oklahoma City know. And that was about a $75, 80, something like that. Maybe it was actually, maybe it was a little more than that. Maybe it was 90 bottle yeah. of a scotch and i did not particularly like it i yeah. like johnny walker gold better now you know it, and scotch is one of those things where you know depending upon the type that you get i mean some people are into certain things some people are not it's pretty smoky the mccallan right. is pretty smoky pretty heavily peated and for and those wondering we always have it neat 
Always. Yes, we always have it neat. Right. Whatever we're whatever we're drinking here on the here on the podcast, there's no ice involved here. That's right. And um, and I didn't particularly like it as much. I mean, I did end up drinking the whole bottle because I mean, you know, you're, you're not, not going to waste a ninety dollar bottle of scotch. But right. I but if if I prefer the Johnny Walker Gold, yeah, you know that. For me, I, is really, really good. Although, what you have here today, it's it is I'm becoming my favorite because this is really good. It's called the Dimple Pinch. That's right. You have to really enunciate, especially after having a couple, right? Because you can yes mess that up. Yes, the Dimple Pinch, and it is fifteen. Your bottle is a fifteen-year-old. Uh, blended scotch whiskey mm-hmm. and it is it's really solid. good it is probably the smooth it may be the smoothest scotch or bourbon i've had wow wow it is really good yeah well i agree and like i told you before so that uh, you know i kind of got that on a whim uh yesterday and had it before um but i you know i forgot about it and then i saw it and i'm like oh that's really cool I want to get that. I, I, I remember liking that. Um, all right. So what's some of the other ones we had? Well, well, today, let's talk about what else you brought. So you brought the Larceny. Larceny bourbon. Yeah. I've never had it before. That's I've good. heard that it's good. I've seen it, you know, before. And, you know, I like to try different things. Right. And uh, so I thought I, I went for that. Now, for a long, long time, an old buddy of mine uh, turned me on to this. I hadn't had it uh, before, but about 30 years ago, his favorite bourbon wild turkey yeah and uh so i had some of that and i was like oh this is really good and so that for years has been my Mm go-to you know when i had enough money to buy something that was although wild turkey is not as expensive it's not even as expensive as this bottle well actually this size of bottle and walter they're similar It's, it's similar plus or minus two or three bucks probably yes uh but, you know, there were times, you know, when you have to go to the ultra skinny uh, bourbon or whatever. But that was that had always been my go to. And now I've kind of gotten to where I explore a little, little bit different. The most expensive bottle of bourbon that I had have had is uh, Rabbit Hole. Right. Derringer. Mm-hmm. or it may be pronounced Derringer, I don't know, depending upon, it's from Kentucky, and it is extraordinarily good. That was about a, at Byron's, about a $75 bottle of bourbon. Yeah. And I think it is really, really good. It is very smooth. It's a little, you know, it, I guess it's slightly sweet, which a lot of bourbons are because, yeah. of, you know, of the corn uh, content that they that they have and in order to be officially a bourbon you have to have at least 51 percent corn yeah in the mash bourbon is considered the uh american whiskey right you know because you know it's officially it started here in the united states and to be called bourbon whiskey it has to be from the united states like Mm -hmm. for instance crown royal which a lot of people might consider a, a bourbon is from Canada. Right. So technically, it's not a bourbon; it's a whiskey because it's in it's, it's in Canada. It's in Canada. 
Yes. Now, if we would just annex them, then all right. of a sudden... Or if they were to move uh, to Kentucky or right. Tennessee or someplace like that, then it could be called right. bourbon, but it's called whiskey. Yeah, and we've got... Uh, we've, we had Maker's Mark. I still got a we've little bit of Maker's Mark. Mark. Maker's that Mark one's, is really uh, good. Louisville, uh, yes. Kentucky's where that one's uh, right. distilled. And it's uh, known for its wax dipped yes the tops. red red wax yeah. tops um i also really like uh jim beam double black mm -hmm. which is uh, really good uh, you know jack daniels of, of course also is really good and it's uh, extremely popular it's at a good price point yeah. for folks and that's one thing we haven't done a lot of we haven't done a lot of the regular blends right no right? yeah we haven't because you know it's I've had a lot of that, and, and you probably have too. Yeah, we and know so what it is. We know what it is. And so, not, and which, you know, for the most part, really good. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, when we got kind of doing what we're doing, you know, I thought, well, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to branch out and to try right. something a little bit different. And so that's kind of what we've that's yeah. kind of what we've done over the weeks that we've been doing this well show. i have a feeling dimple pinch is going to move into the mainstay and it might be over i'm not i'm not willing to commit to this yet i'm going to do some uh, a b testing but it might move into the spot of johnny walker and it uh, is really good i need to yeah. uh, i probably need to get a uh and, and maybe next week or the week after i'll bring over a bottle of johnny walker gold yeah and uh and we'll put that up against the dimple pinch yeah we'll give it a little uh, review here on the podcast too and we'll uh but, but i am really impressed with with that because it is you know the first time i tasted it was really smooth and you know and, and people who drink <laughs> these kinds of things know that as you go along it tends to get smoother and smoother right <laughs> as you right as you is, go you gotta you gotta give it a fresh taste you on the gotta front give end. it yes well it's like that we had what we had some four roses two four and four roses is really good yeah. you know what i'll tell you this for the price point yeah you know when when you get a just a standard bottle of four roses like at byron's a, re, a bottle of just the regular four roses is about 20 bucks right and for that price point that's it unbeatable. is extremely good yeah i mean it is it is really good and then you get up into the four roses uh single batch and and the double cask and you know that kind of thing the price points really are still good i mean you know the i think the most expensive bottle of four roses you can get is only about 40 bucks right. 45 something like that and it is really really good mm-hmm and so, you know, if you want to try something a little bit, well, I say a little bit different. It's not really. It's been around since 1888, I believe. <laughs> right. And and you know what? It's one and of the newer whiskeys. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah. One of the newer ones. Here's a funny thing that, and some other people may fall into this. Uh, I hadn't really paid much attention to four roses before because i was so focused in on my wild turkey you know mm -hmm. that's always kind of that was my go-to and i would do that and uh i was one of my favorite shows that i've watched on netflix yeah. is the ranch yeah and on the ranch they have as you know back in the day tv shows if they had uh they they didn't have actual real products 
displayed somewhere. They would have a bottle of something that kind of looked like a Coke mm-hmm. or a Pepsi or a bottle of Jack Daniels, and it would be called, you know, uh, James Dennis or right. instead of Jack, whatever. But it would be kind of similar. Well, now they're they're always pretty much the actual real mm-hmm. thing. And on the ranch, there was you. They were drinking Four Roses, mm. and that was one of my favorite shows. And I thought, you know what, I ought to try that. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And it's, it's really, good enough for Sam Elliott, it's right? Good if enough it's good enough you. for Sam Elliott. It's good enough. <laughs> you bet. And it turns out it's really, really good. Yeah. And the the first time I bought a bottle of Bullet Bourbon, yeah, I saw it on the. Uh, Yellowstone mm-hmm. show that's it, that is extremely popular on cable now, and that was what uh, the Kevin Costner character was a bottle of Bullet Frontier whiskey mm. uh, bourbon that they were, and it's really good. We've had yeah, we've had we've that. Had I think we've bullet. had both the Bullet regular and the Bullet tenure. The Bullet tenure is really good, yeah, but the regular Bullet is is also very good. And by the way, for Yellowstone fans, if you the season four of Yellowstone is coming out in November. Usually the new season is right around Father's Day. Mm. And because of the pandemic, they got behind on their shooting schedule. And if anybody out there, Yellowstone fans who've watched the first three seasons, at the end of season three, with what happened at the end of season three, you might have been wondering if there would be a season four mm. because of the various cliffhangers that were like, oh my God! <laughs> kind of things. Well, there will be a season four. The trailer was released here. The and this, other day. this is a show that's all about Old Faithful and all the really nice. No, it doesn't have anything <laughs> to do with that. It's it's Kevin Costner stars as John Dutton, who is the uh, patriarch now of of uh, it's the, of the Yellowstone Ranch mm. in Montana, and. Uh, and he is, it's really interesting, you know, and I hate, I don't want to spoil anything, but anybody that's seen Yellowstone knows this by now. In fact, you're introduced to it pretty quickly in the very first couple of episodes of Yellowstone. He is the head of, he plays John Dutton, who's the head of the Dutton Ranch. He is both a hero, okay? Mm-hmm. And a mass murderer. Oh, so Dexter. <laughs> it's sort a, of. It's an interesting situation. Sounds have like you? It. I thought. Have you never no. watched any no. of Yellowstone? No, and I have. I'm starting to just wane from television altogether. Really? Yeah, it's weird. I don't. I can't explain. Yellowstone it. is really good. You you probably would <sighs> like it a lot. This is actually. the problem, though. It's not even about me liking or not liking. It's about the time consumption, because like. There's a lot of things that I really like and enjoy, but I I'm really and maybe it's seasonal. I'm could be. I, what I really want right now is I want documentaries. I want to know the truth, and I've heard the truth is out there. And I don't mean to. <laughs> the truth is out. I there. don't actually. I totally meant to pun that, but but I think that that's the thing. And, and before I I I want to I don't want to digress too much off this because it's important that I share this information that I'm about to share. Okay. Um. We we talked a lot about whiskeys and we you know these are all none of these none of these are sponsorships these are just realities. 
we've been refinancing our home. Well, we haven't been, we've been shopping to refinance okay. our home. Given the market and things, you know, we wanted to, we, we, well, basically we got a call and said, well, you want to refinance your home? We're like, I don't know. <laughs> so we explored it. You know, I get, I get calls and emails about refinancing my uh, car loan. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a thing. So, um, full disclosure, my wife was on the phone while we're recording this podcast. We, we shopped around a little bit once we got the first offer. She's on the phone while we got this podcast. And I said, Hey, you let them know, let them know if they do us right. I'll shout them out on the podcast. They did us right. <laughs> so really? Yeah. We uh, are staying with our current lender, uh, Quicken Loans, Rocket Mortgage. Really convenient. This is none, none of their talking points, but I will say this. When we closed on our first loan with them, um, we met at a Starbucks, met some lady at a Starbucks to sign off on the papers. There were tornadoes on the ground. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Within 15 miles. And literally, it was the fastest. I mean, like... It was a seven-minute process because we didn't even. It was like well, sign, you sign, get sign, the heck sign. Out of there. Oh, exactly. Um, but we've been really happy with them, and uh, they just took us up, man. We we dropped a full percentage point on our interest rate. Excellent. And, and we were financed before at a thirty-year note, and we had twenty-two years left on that, and we just refined at twenty years, so we killed two years of our financing, dropped our payment, dropped our interest rate. So, uh, and and here's what you know. One of the reasons even relevant. I've been thinking about the economy we're in today and you know housing market is off the charts and this is something that people might not be realizing but we have on our on our network we have a um a podcast called better together with Lori and stephanie stephanie matthews is a realtor uh for i think berkshire berkshire hathaway if i'm not mistaken and um you know she's always talking about it's a seller's market there are the inventory is incredibly low and so I was talking with a buddy of mine who's selling his house. He's building another one out in some acreage and really jealous of this guy. Not really jealous like is in the true sense of the, I'm super happy for him, but I'm excited. And you know, I wish I could do the same thing, but <clears throat> he's, he's now moved to selling his house way before his house is built because really it's a seller's market. Huh? And that's, that's interesting. It is. And here's what we figured out why it's a seller's market because his realtor um, explained it. And during COVID, one of the big things that happened was foreclosure protection. So during the course of every month, there's X amount of foreclosures that go to banks. Then you have these houses on the market sold at lower values, typically on these foreclosures. Well, for over a year now, you can't foreclose on a house. Ah. So you had this massive buildup month over month over month of houses that would normally have gone on the market that have not due to foreclosure. So you have people who, you know, all of the buyers still want to buy. Everything's the way that it is. For a year, lots of people move, you know, graduated high school, college, whatever, ready to start their life. And now they got nowhere to move. And so it is, you know, people are offering 30% over, over uh, uh, appraisal and their cash offers at the table. It's insane. You know, uh, that's interesting because a friend of mine is selling his house and he's not been able to sell it yet. Mm. And, uh, you know, and when he, because he has, I've known him for uh, 40 years now, I guess, wow. actually. And uh, because we went to, to school together up at, at uh, OSU 
and uh, he has moved from Oklahoma City down into Texas. Got a great job offer down there, and yeah. so he's selling his home here. It's in a really nice uh, addition, a gated uh, community. Uh, there and, is a magic price point on this deal. Well, I, his may be, uh, you know, I, I guess it just, but, but, you know, he's in a, a gated community uh, where the price point is, I mean, you know, for it's, you know, around uh, uh, $400,000. Which is, is higher than what where these rules right. are. And but it is so shifting, by the way. He was, you know, right around in in there, and uh, and he's had several people look at it, but he's had no one. Uh, yeah. he, he hasn't had anybody. He's had a couple of offers that were below what he wanted. Right. He's a little disappointed in uh, that. The inventory because you keep hearing the housing market is so hot and, right. and all like this. Well, but, keep in mind you know, if it's hey. driven if it's driven by foreclosures, the majority of those foreclosures are under three hundred thousand dollar homes. They're not over right. three hundred thousand. Right. So that's the shortage is in that range. But what's happening is it's slowly creeping up because of the shortage. Because what happens is now it's drawing like for example my house would have appraised at around 200,000 i'm thinking 200 and something thousand. in fact what i found out when we applied for this refinance this actually house, this house here yeah they actually appraised it at 230 i was going to say yeah. i think it was worth probably be more than well that's what that's what quicken decided to appra to appraise it at now we bought it at like 168 or 170 or something so um my point is though because those numbers start creeping up on the selling price of houses, that 30% increase now gets you closer. So people who were like willing to go, Hey, I'll pay 280,000, but there's no, there's no, uh, inventory. Now they're willing to pay 320, 330 because they can, they're getting their money's worth. They're getting a house that's probably valued at 350, but they're able to get a 320 because they want to sell. And so it's kind of interesting to see how this unfolds. And, and the reason that we decided to move in on the refinance is there is a big move because you've got BlackRock and uh, I can't remember the other company. And we've talked about this before, who've been buying up neighborhoods um, and, and they're paying 50% over market value, not appraisal, but market value and turning around rent and renting these houses. And there's, you know, you look at uh, Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo just eliminated or lowered or adjusted. I don't know. I don't remember the specifics, but they have a, all of people's line of credit, personal line of credit has either been um, shut down. They're not doing it or they've minimized it across the board. And so you're starting to see regular people not being able to even get loans. And, you know, again, as the economy does what it's doing, it's got to go through this process and everything affects everything else. You can't. Right can't shut a country down or not have effects and so you know i remember in 2008 when the economy went south my wife lost her job but she didn't lose it till 2010 and it was layoffs but it was absolute residual from what happened in 2008 but she works in the aircraft industry and it takes some time for everything to trickle down and start affecting those things and what i don't think a lot of people realize is we're in that place right now with the housing market the housing market is a bubble that will absolutely implode on itself and Another interesting reality, and it's going to sound a little morbid, but the reality is if you do have a mass pan a pandemic where a lot of people die that were otherwise not going to die, which, by the way, statistically is not yet the case with this particular pandemic, uh, everything is absolutely in scale to what the trends have been over the last 20 years as far as deaths per capita and so on and so forth. 
it's just a matter of attribution of that death. But I digress. If in fact you lose a lot of people, then all of a sudden you actually have more housing market, right? Right. Just simply because of deaths. And so um, if something like that happens, house values plummet. And this is kind of the interesting thing for us was a matter of like, okay, well, if you have inflation, right, then, you know, if I pay $1,000 a month, for example, on my mortgage today, $1,000 a month 20 years from now is going to be like $500 a month based on inflation. And so it's a really interesting balancing act. Do you pay, you know, get it paid off faster, have a higher payment and lose all your money right now, what's, what's worth whatever it's worth? Or do you get a lower payment that in the future is even worth less money and pay yeah. extra and all that other Yeah, things? yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, inflation... We saw the uh, new report out here uh, the other day that yep. inflation is up <laughs> about five and a half percent. Yeah. Now, the good news for some people, uh, you know, if you're old enough to uh, be collecting Social Security now, yeah, uh, those folks are in line for the biggest cost of living increase in about 40 years. Right. 40 uh, years. What was happening 40 years ago? 40 years ago. Well, uh, was that, that was, Jimmy Carter as uh, president? It was uh, right at the end of yeah. uh, Jimmy Carter's presidency. Go figure. Yes. There's a lot of similarities. Right. Go ahead. You know, when, uh, <laughs> although the inflation, the rate of inflation during the, during the uh, end of the Carter administration was even worse than what it is now. I mean, it was, yeah, it, was it was, it was up hey. uh, around 20%. <laughs> I know, but let's just evaluate what you just said. At the end of his administration, yes, we are at the beginning of the Biden of the Biden right. administration, yeah, okay. <laughs> right? And uh, you know he hasn't even, he hasn't even been president for a year, and the rate of inflation is five is five point three percent. Right. So if you send that out over four years, right? Then he may obliterate uh, what Absol- Jimmy Carter potentially. Had going on. Absolutely, yes. right. So okay, but anyway. <laughs> That being said, uh, hey, do you know anybody on the planet who believes Jimmy Carter was a good president? Do I know anybody? Do you know anybody who would who would make an argument and say, "Man, Jimmy Carter was really a great president"? In hindsight, you know what? Actually, I probably do. Okay, cool. Now, I I haven't talked to those people in a long time, but uh, actually, one of a, a uh, I think he was a great post president. Can I say that? You know what? And I, I will tell you this. I think I've said this on this podcast before, uh, but much to my embarrassment. <laughs> you voted for Carter. I voted yeah. for Jimmy Carter. Well, who was your option, Gerald Ford? Uh, you know, I don't know. Here's the reason I voted for Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Jimmy Carter, actually, I believe, was the first president that I was old enough to vote for. Yeah, it would have been In that right. uh, election. I was in school at Oklahoma State. Jimmy Carter came to Stillwater during his campaign. So you're telling me campaign, the campaign trail actually affects voting. How about it that? It did for me. Apparently. Because uh, uh, Jimmy Carter, I, uh, you know, he came to Stillwater. I was working for the campus radio station then. I did an interview with Jimmy Carter. I met Jimmy Carter, shook hands with him. And my parents, and I've said, I, you know, I probably said this the very first podcast yeah, that us. you and I did. My parents were uh, what I call yellow dog Democrats. Right. 
which in those days, you know, they were like, well, I'd vote for a damned old yellow dog before I'd vote Republican. Right. And uh, so they voted, uh, you know, for Jimmy Carter. They voted. I don't know that they ever voted for a Republican. In fact, when I uh, uh, told them that I thought Richard Nixon would be good, I, I thought they were going to disown me. <laughs> uh, but uh, but Jimmy Carter, I voted. Do you stand I by up, that statement today? Uh, probably not. Uh, <laughs> but I voted for Jimmy Carter because I had met him and I, he seemed like a great guy. And, and to all, really, as far as anybody, he is a great guy. Yeah. He was just it's a policy. terrible president. Right. Policy is the, the right. deal with him. Right. That's why and, I say. A, a guy I used to work with works for Jimmy Carter now. Oh, well, there you go. And so I'm sure he would think that he, would he think that's a good is a, uh, yes. Honestly, honestly, I think Jimmy Carter today would be a way better president than Biden. He probably would be. And I may, think maybe, for, yes. for part of that, because, because of just an objective view of policy position, <laughs> right? Yeah. Hindsight's 2020. He'd, he just, it would make sense. But I think the other side of that coin is just, you know, like I said before, I think he made a great post-president. He's done some really good things as a former president of the United States. You can take that right now if you want to answer that. No, it's, I'm sure it's... <laughs> We're usually off the air by now. It's uh, supposedly somebody from Hinton. Oh, that's And uh, I, I don't know anybody from Hinton. So I've, I you're, have, I've opened this right up. Now. I am a yes, and I'm, I'm, I'm right, guessing it's a scam phone. call. Here we go. We should... Hello? Yeah, they're not going to answer. They <laughs> yeah, just hung they, up. They, they it's one of those scams. I'm sure they were probably telling me that my uh, warranty on my car or that my Social Security, that I was using right. my Social Security card fraudulently yeah and there's a warrant out for my arrest man from they're the, gonna get you from how the does federal one... reserve law enforcement <laughs> agency which <laughs> does not have right they don't have yet. it how does one it. use your social security number fraudulently well see that's always been my argument right and you know i actually like to mess with these people <laughs> some of them because and and those in particular that tell me that and it says <laughs> Press one if you want more information oh, on yeah, this. Oh, yeah, you're and pressing so one. I'm pressing one. And the last time I did this, this actually was pretty good. I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast yet, this particular one. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to mess with these people. So I press one. A guy with a foreign accent answers, says he's with the Federal Reserve Law Enforcement Agency, and I said, well, yeah, you know, geez, uh, you people called me just a, you know, a minute ago. Said there's a warrant out for my arrest. And he goes, yes, you know, foreign accent. I, I don't know. It sounded like it, it, uh, Indian, right. not, you know, the country, not Native American. Right. Says, yes, you know, we have the, and I, you know, and I, he said he needed my, my social security number to, verify all of this and i'm like well you just called me telling my social security number was i that i was using my social my social security number fraudulently mm -hmm. i said it's my social security number my <laughs> social security card how can i use that fraudulently because you know it's it's my yours. social security card he didn't have a really good answer for that and I said, also, just so you know, 
the Federal Reserve, which they mentioned that the Federal Reserve law enforcement people had a warrant out for my arrest. Federal Reserve, a private entity. Yes, and I told him the Federal Reserve does not have a law enforcement arm. They don't have that. (laughs) And so I said, as you pull this scam on other people, you might want to try and get your facts straight. Well, I'm so glad you helped them, Randy, for everybody else. (laughs) And and I kind of went along, you know, a little bit more. And finally, he got so frustrated that he ended up, usually they've hung up on me by this time. He said, well, they're coming to arrest you anyway. (laughs) Click. (laughs) I'm not sure why, but they're coming for you. They're coming to arrest, you know. Oh, geez. And uh, so, and I I will admit, I I like to have fun with them every now and again because I get... I get the social security scam thing. I get the car warranty scam thing. I get the um, uh, uh, insurance scam thing. There's so many that are out there, but many of them are strictly computers. There's no actual real computer. I get the scam that says, uh, you've stayed, you've recently stayed in one of our resorts. Yeah. You know, we want to, you know, I haven't stayed in any kind of resort in 20 freaking years. Yeah, that's cute, especially so, post COVID to get that one. Right. I mean, statistically, you're just barking. Uh, so, you know, tree. usually, if anybody out there is listening, that, you know, you're, any of these agencies are not going to call. They don't you. call. They, they just don't, don't call. call. Certified mail. Certified mail. Anything that yes. matters to you will be certified mail. So yes. they know you, you got it. If you get one of those, you probably do need to respond to that right. in some way or another. But if you get a phone call, especially from a guy with a foreign accent, you can well, you can mess with them if you want. If you want to have a little fun with them, go ahead. Otherwise, <laughs> hang up. But definitely do not, do not give them any information yeah. about you're, what your you don't, social security number right. is, what your bank account Every number is. Every agency that you would ever be concerned stuff. with has already that. Has, yes, they, they, they already that have that. They tell you that number, then that's another story. Yes. So... Uh, with our last 10 minutes, I want to scatter shoot over to something else, okay. which I believe is the first time that I've used that as a verb. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> so are you familiar with the four turnings as a... The four turnings. So there's a book called no, The Fourth I'm, I'm Turning. I'm somewhat familiar with the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Not but too no. dissimilar. Not really? too dissimilar. Okay. So the four turnings is a is a, uh, is kind of a concept here. Um the book was called The Fourth Turning, and if I'm not mistaken, let me see if I can go back and find this. Strauss-Howe uh, generational theory uh, is kind of what lays this thing out, and it comes down to four four sections of time that are broken up over 20-year periods. You've got uh, the high time, and this is like... Uh, that was pretty much the 70s and 80s for me. Let me be more fair. <laughs> um, from a societal standpoint, not a chemical standpoint, uh, um, a, a time of prosperity. Then you have an awakening. That was pretty much the 70s for you. Um, yeah, yeah. In, in, in the current uh, construct of this philosophy, then you have an unraveling and then you have a crisis. These are the four turnings. And in these 20-year chunks, they start... Um, 
in you know like uh like the for for example the 40s uh, okay. 1942 this was the end of world war ii was the beginning of this high point right and so you have prosperity right a guy working a full-time job at a gas station could buy a home you know sure. what i'm saying right sure. so everything right. was going great then you start having the awakening and this is a cultural thing right so you start seeing the 60s and 70s and there's this awakening 20 years after that people start waking up and it becomes a very cultural social justice minded concept and then you start having the unraveling and the unraveling uh is at the time in the moment it feels like crisis for us it's uh you know in our time frame we're talking about the 90s and uh it kind of culminates you know with a big stock market crash in 2008 and it's just like things are falling apart and then you move to crisis and crisis almost always ends in war in fact not almost historically with this model always ends in war and uh pandemics are involved and things like that and uh it's it's a super accelerated everything falls apart right so you have the beginning unraveling and then it's a full-on crisis so if you start thinking about like a sweater and you've got you know a string and then someone starts pulling on it it turns into a crisis pretty quick <laughs> you know you all of a sudden you this isn't coming out and now i have half my sweater gone and so i find it interesting because we we here, here's what i find so interesting we are taught in school history is destined to repeat itself those who ignore i, I remember there's some quotes about it but history repeats itself and right. from the standpoint of even pandemics and things like that um a hundred years ago we had the spanish flu 100 years before that we had the plague and now we're dealing with COVID, which is interesting because COVID does not fit the uh, standard of those two things. But well, maybe, that's because it was made by the Chinese. Exactly. But here's what begs the question. Here's okay. my theory. First off, we might not because we don't have enough time. This is this is really a 45 minute topic. But um, but I want to focus on the pandemic side for a minute. Um, and for those, I highly recommend, I haven't read it, so just know that full disclosure, I haven't read it, but I do recommend you guys checking out the book, The Fourth Turning, get it on Amazon. Um, I plan on getting it at some point. Um, but, but here's the thing. What if, what if, okay, let's just take the conspiracy theory as it currently stands that the coronavirus or SARS-CoV-2 um, as we know it colloquially, colloquially, I can't, I don't know if I say that word. Anyway, COVID-19. If we take that and we assume that it was man-made, that it was designed. Yes. Which is a really fair assumption. But anyway, yes. if we take that, we can, we can dive into that world because of forensics, our understanding of science, our understanding and communication. And just the simple fact that getting data from point A to point B happens at the speed of light today. Go back 100 years to the Spanish flu. That None of that is relevant. We don't have our understanding of medicine. We're, we're barely out of the world of apothecaries at that time. And so how, if in fact this the COVID-19 is man-made, what is the possibility in your mind that the Spanish flu was distributed and maybe not man-made, but distributed with intent to murder, to kill? Because eugenics, the idea of a population-controlled planet, uh, is very real. Right now, any of you can go look up Agenda 21 on NATO's website and find the concept of eugenics as a not as a as a theory or a concept, but rather as a 
policy of the United Nations. I said NATO, I meant United Nations, of the United Nations. This idea, the ideal um, population as laid out in Agenda 21 is 500 million worldwide or a reduction of, what is that, uh, like 15% or something like, or I'm sorry, 85%. Um, because right now we have roughly 8 billion people on the planet, so we would have one sixteenth of that. So not even, yeah. that's that's even less. Anyway, so what do you, because in my mind I'm thinking, you know what, the Spanish flu, some dude finds this hyper contagious thing or a member of the Illuminati to play into all those who are going to make fun of me already. Um, they find the contagiousness of this disease and the lethality of it and says, hey, let's do this. Drop it in the water supply, you know, just go to town. What do you think about that? I think it's certainly possible because I, I just think a lot of things are possible, at least possible, maybe mm-hmm. not probable. Uh, and uh, as far as the Spanish flu from that to pandemic in, uh, was it like 1917? Oh, eight, uh, sorry, 1917. Yeah. And um, I kind of have some doubts about that but i certainly think it's possible i never even considered it till today I, so i mean <laughs> i be, i believe i mean i believe yeah okay that the coronavirus covid19 pandemic that covid19 i believe that it was in fact engineered at the wuhan Yes. virology lab the evidence is overwhelming i mean i yeah it's believe that yeah and i understand why you know a lot of people don't i mean you know i i, I get it but to me it is logical and when you think about it it is probable that it happened that way do i believe the chinese communist government intentionally set this loose on a on the world i still haven't quite gotten there yet yeah i certainly think it is possible but what i think is more probable is that it escaped accidentally yeah but yeah, it, it would no way. not shock me that this was something that that you know. But I I definitely I just I just think yeah. that there's too much evidence out there, despite what the Democrats say. <clears throat> well, here's <laughs> uh, that it that it was engineered because this sort of research happens. Absolutely, you know, they they do that not for just the sake the ch- of weaponizing. Maybe nope. But for, no, for no. the sake of Hold at on. least research into various things, they, wait, they wait, do wait. this, help me not with just the, the Chinese. I know, but help but me with the maybe. People. Help me with the maybe, well, because how how is it that you take a sickness okay. not designed for humans yeah, right. and you want to well, gain a function? I, I, think, I, I think what what the gain of function, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice about this. Okay, sorry, then go ahead. I'll let you, I'll, the, the I'll gain of function, they're trying to, to see that if, okay, if this happens, how do we combat that right all right we talked I'm about trying, this before it's I'm that trying, same way that the bomb was yes, developed we, right? yes we have and i'm you know but we are talking about the chicoms here right and so okay i probably they probably did do it but anyway i'm okay, trying so to be i'm trying try, to be I know. nice about it and i appreciate that but i i fully believe that this was engineered that this yeah. was 
this was intentionally engineered. Do I? Uh, but again, do, do I you, believe they intentionally set it loose on the world? Right. I'm not quite there okay, yet. Okay, let me say this. Would it if, shock me? No. If Hillary deleted emails... <laughs> if sorry that's my point right hillary okay. did since yeah. hillary deleted emails what does the world assume she had something to hide right so well it, i would disagree with that okay i i would well, say this as, is just as, an analogy anyway so as far matter. as the democrats are concerned she didn't oh, have anything, she had anything to hide. exactly in fact as far as the democrats are concerned well, she didn't really destroy her right. she didn't really take a hammer to her hard drive she didn't take all those chemicals to her <sighs> hard drive wow. she didn't do Struck any of that struck a nerve everybody so, you know but do i believe that you're darn right so I that. so here's something that's not debated that's actually fact that the wuhan lab or the chinese communist government yes instructed the i that believe partially funded by tony fauci and the uh, national, national institute, institute of, of health right which i was about to say they instructed the nih to delete data about SARS-CoV-2. Now, why would... Listen, I am just the average guy, and I have a lot of data, and I have never... I just don't delete it. I just get more storage, because you know what? It's not you that know, expensive. I, you know, it's funny you should say why that. Why would you delete data on right. something that is active? Right. Yes. And I completely agree with you on that, because... I, like you, I don't delete anything. Right. You know how many emails I have on my Yahoo account? M hundreds of thousands, probably. No. We'll go with thousands, though. It's like 95,000. Yeah. Almost 100,000. Emails 000. in my my Yahoo email. I don't even have that many because I do delete those. Because, because I don't delete stuff. Right. And I don't know why I don't. Well, actually, I'll tell you why I don't. I'm lazy. And I don't delete that stuff. And But there's also kind of a reason. There have been times when... Are they calling again? I, no, this is a different number. Oh, okay. Well, forget those guys. Do you, do you want... I don't uh, care. Do what you want. Oh, okay. Hello? Hello? I'm fine, and uh, you're on the air on a live podcast uh, right now. How are you doing? Actually, we're giving free consultation <laughs> about our solar program. Really? Uh, By golly, that sounds very cool. Hello? And we're out. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they hung up. There it sounded is. like a computer anyway. You know, this it would have been so cool if it was the Social Security people again. It would have been cool if it was the Chicoms and we could just ask them directly. Uh, well, yeah. Well, okay. So, bottom line is here's what I want. Here's what I did want to say about the 1917 thing, is that uh, there were stories, and this is funny because you have to connect a lot of wide dots to start making these things, uh, you know, make sense. But there were stories, and you you find this out through ancient aliens, which of course I know you guys laugh at me. That's fine. They, I don't laugh. I don't. I know you don't it's it's those three dudes over there in the corner of the bar listening to this at the same time so they so here's the thing the uh they there were stories during the 1917 spanish flu of beings in cloaks with what looked to be kind of sickles walking through the streets misting 
There was a mist coming from these sickles. Like Grim Reaper type guys? Like Grim Reapers. In fact, this is, it was, uh, that's what the ancient aliens um, proposed that this could have been the the baseline for the Grim Reaper. Um, Really? Because where they went, death followed, and it was during, and and I say, sorry, not through the Spanish flu. This is during the plague, the plague, but which was 100 years before that. Right. So my point is this if you look at COVID, right? We got to go back to this. We have the concerted effort of the government, entertainment, media, you name it. Incentivizations. Uh, you can't work or if you don't get it vaccinated, we're going to give you, we're going to forgive your student death, d- death, <laughs> debt, student debt. We're going to, we're going to forgive your student debt. If you're vaccinated, we're going to give you a lottery ticket. If you're vaccinated, we're going to shorten your jail sentence or eliminate it altogether. If you get vaccinated, Never in the history of my life, in any kind of history I've ever studied, has something like this ever happened. And God knows it didn't happen for something that had a mortality rate of of less than 1%. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, please, are you kidding me? Tell me there's not an agenda. And here is the agenda as it lies. I think general health of people combats this the general health right a hundred years ago we did not have the kind of general health care that we have we have not everybody's in on it you've got doctors going well let's try some hydroxychloroquine all right because <laughs> you know they're, they're not in on it and that helps and then different things for those who don't know no conspiracy theory just simple fact you got three countries who and maybe there's more than three countries who did this but three countries refused the vaccine to enter their borders they said nope we don't want it in less than 30 days, all three of those presidents have been assassinated. Not sure that it's related at all, but I do know that Jin Saki said uh, uh, regarding Haiti, which I believe is where the most recent one was, uh, our first priority is to help stabilize the government. We're sending in our troops and we're going to make available the vaccine. So, okay. so all I'm saying is since the 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 uh, disease didn't do its job in killing off the population darn well but i believe that cure is going to do its part and you know uh certainly if you're if you're a anti-vaxxer try not to send any text messages right. about that because the democrat national Gosh. committee and various other people they're going to your be text watching. messages they're going to be looking at your text They're messages. They're going to start actively blocking your text messages. Yes, they are. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 1984. <laughs> Life will never be the same. Buy guns, buy ammo. If you can find them. Yeah, well, if you can't, call me. You have some surplus that you're willing to sell? Or I know I know of you surplus know at the very least. Okay. I know some people too. All right. That'll do it. This has been a great show. It's been fun. We've been all over the place, uh, and uh, we probably will do it again next Wednesday, unless, well, you know, they find us. Uh, all right, we're done for this week. <laughs> I'm Randy Renner. And I'm Jeremy Griffin. Have a great week, and we will talk to you again next Wednesday on another edition of Scatter Shooting. <laughs>